the famine. Now we're going to talk about the famine and what takes place during the famine. And then we'll jump right into uh, next week. We'll jump into what takes place after, you know, so many folks come and get food and, and all that. We're going to look at two different points tonight. But, but simply this, Genesis chapter number 41. And uh, let's begin reading in verse number 54. Uh, uh, verse number 53 says the plenteous years. Uh, verse 53, and the, and the seven years of the plenteous years, of the plenteous uh, that was in the land were ended. So the seven years were over. Uh, seven good years, they're over. They're done with. Verse 54, verse that we'll start with tonight. And the seven years of dearth, which is the seven years of famine, uh, to, to come according to, as, as Joseph had said, and the dearth was in all the lands, all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. Now, I ask you this question, and, and we'll go forward here, and we'll continue to read, but, but you'll notice here all the lands. It wasn't just Egypt. It was all the lands. Every land experienced a dearth. Every land experienced a, uh, a famine. But they had ran out of bread, but Egypt still had bread. And why did they still have bread? Because of Joseph. The reason they still had bread was because God allowed Joseph to reveal to Pharaoh what was to take place, what was going to happen, and all the other countries had ran out of bread. All the other countries were, were scrounging for food and looking here and looking there for food, but God had provided a way for the children of Egypt for them to be safe, for them to be protected during this famine because God gave the instruction to Joseph and he listened. So God protected them. In all the land, in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. Now, verse 55, and when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto them, said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph, what he saith to you do. So, first of all, let's look at the selling of grain. Let's look at the selling of grain. Verse number 55, when all the land of Egypt was famished. Now, in, ver in chapter 54, uh, I mean, sorry, chapter 45 and verse number 6, the Bible says, for these two years hath the famine been in the land. So, from chapter 41, verse 54... And to chapter 45, a chapter verse number 6, when his brothers come to him for help, there had only been two years that had taken place. So unless, let's just say this for the sake of instance, so in less than a year, those people had ran out of food, and so they needed help. Now, first of all, I think it to be kind of odd that they would run to the government for help. Now, they go to Pharaoh. Look what they said in verse number 55. And when they was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. You know, they didn't go to their neighbor. They didn't go to their brother. They didn't go to the churches. They went to Pharaoh, the government. And many times as a Christian, uh, many times as individuals in this world, we turn to the government for the solution. And, some, and honestly, if we be honest with ourselves, the government doesn't always have the solution. The government always, doesn't always have the answer. The government doesn't always have uh, what we need. 
And sure, the government is nice and, and the government is an ordained thing of God. God has placed the government in our lives. God has placed the government in this world. But ultimately, the government is not the answer. The government is not the answer. In this crisis of the coronavirus, the government isn't the answer. The government isn't the answer. It's God. Just like this, they were in the dirt. They were in the famine. The government wasn't the answer. God was the answer. You say, what do you mean God was the answer? Because God was the one who gave Joseph the dream interpretation so that they would put bread on their tables because of God. God was the answer that had the grain build up in, in many of those, in, in many of those uh, silos so that they could pro provide meal and provide lunch and provide bread and provide corn for those individuals. But God was the answer. And I'm going to tell you today that God is the answer. God is the answer for salvation. God is the answer for our need. God is the answer for our problem. God is the answer for everything we live, everything we do. God is the answer. It is not found in a government policy. It is not found in there. It's found in God. Sure, we might like one political candidate over another political candidate, but politics is not how we're going to save America, and politics is not how we're going to save our church, and politics are not how we're going to save people in the in the in Nederland. That's not how we're going to do it. It's by God. It's God. Government is not the answer. It's God. It's God. You will see a couple things. There was a caution in selling. In verse number 56, he says, and the famine was over all the face of the earth. So we see that all the land of Egypt, they were famished, they were ready to eat, they needed something to eat, and the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And then the famine became all across the earth. So everybody in the world had experienced this Truth experienced this famine, they had started running out of food too. And so they needed help. And so Joseph, watch in verse number 56, he opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians, and the famine waxed worse in the land of Egypt. So what did God do? God provided for the Egyptians. God provided for them. But also, also, the whole world was without food. The whole world was in a famine, and they needed help. So Joseph opened the storehouses and began to sell. He began to sell this, this grain that he had provided, that God had allowed him to see the future of what was going to take place and provide for this time. There was caution. You think about that. All he had taken was 20%-ish uh, one-fourth. He had taken one-fourth of what they, what they grew every year. So he took 20%. So to help provide during this seven-year seven year of famine. But you'll notice there were some things. Uh, what, did, what were the prices? What were the prices that he charged? How did he charge? How did he, how did he provide? He provided this food, but it wasn't for free. They still pay a price for this food. When they came to Egypt and they got the food, even then Joseph did not just give 
away, um, he did not just give away uh, this food. He made a, a cost for it. There was a cost involved. Um, and verse chapter 47. Chapter 47. And verse number 16. The Bible says, And Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give your you for your cattle, if money fails. He tells them that he says, if money fails, just we'll barter with cattle. You bring a cattle, we'll bring you bring some cattle in, and we'll give you some grain. In verse number 47 and verse number 20, and Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for the Egyptians sold every man because the famine prevailed over them, so the land became Pharaoh's. What? Pharaoh bought the land of Egypt. How did he buy it? Was because they were coming in for food, and to buy the food, they had to give away, they had to sell their land back to Egypt. Well, we'll buy that land. Okay, well, here's some grain. All right, we'll buy some, we'll buy, we've got a cattle. Well, here's some grain. And so Pharaoh bought all the land of, uh, of Egypt. Verse number 23 of chapter 47. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought, I bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, he is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. You know what happened? Not only did he, the, the, the way that they paid was to buy their cattle. The way they paid was land. Well, the way they paid was their money. And then the way they paid was becoming a sharecropper. That they were given back their land to produce fruit for them. And so Pharaoh, Joseph, so Joseph had, and God gave him amazing wisdom to, during this time of famine, that he said, okay, well, we're going to charge for this food because a lot of times when you just give away stuff to people, they flock by and they take stuff they don't even need. And But here he is, he was charging for this food. They came in and they bought some food and they bought it with cattle, they bought it with their money, and then they bought it with the land that they own, and then they bought it with becoming a sharecropper for Pharaoh. So God came out on the, on the good end of this thing, Lynn chapter chapter 47 and verse 15. Watch now. And when money failed, guess what? Money is going to fail. There will come a day when money fails. You say, what do you mean? He said, money failed in chapter 47 and verse number 15. There was a time when they came to get their grain and the money wasn't working anymore. And the didn't buy the grain anymore. And the money didn't provide anymore because it failed. It failed. And I'm going to say this. I'll give you three things about money. Number one, money fails. Money fails to hold homes together. Just because you have money doesn't mean your home's going to stay together. Just because you have money doesn't mean everything's all hunky-dory. Doesn't mean that everything's going to stay together just because you, have, just because you got money. Now, money's going to fail. Money is not the answer. Money is not the solution. Money is not the solution for, for your homes to stay together. It's God. It's Jesus Christ. And for them to be able to provide food for this whole land and for this whole community and for the lands that would go and come in and buy, that it needed to be God involved with all of this because money will fail. Money fails to hold homes together. Number two, money fails to bring happiness. 
Money fails to bring happiness. Happiness is not going to be found in the almighty dollar. You can work and work and work. Some of the richest men in the world are some of the most rude uh, people in the world because money doesn't buy happiness. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter number 6, chapter number 6 and verse number 9, the Bible says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted uh, after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. There have been many, many of people who have chased the almighty dollar and because of chasing the money, they did not get closer to God. And because of chasing money, and that's where their happiness lies, they, they decided not to follow God's will. And they got out of God's will because they wanted to chase money. Money will fail. Money will not bring happiness. If you are depending on money to bring you happiness, it won't happen. It won't happen, Christian. It won't happen, lost person. It won't happen. Money doesn't bring happiness. Not only that, money doesn't money doesn't hold homes together. Money doesn't money fails to bring happiness and money fails to bring eternal safety. Money fails to bring eternal safety. Psalms chapter number 49. Psalms chapter number 49. In verse number 6, the Bible says, chapter 49, verse number 6, he says, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. What does that mean? Money doesn't buy heaven. It doesn't matter how much money you have, it's not going to buy you eternal safety. It's not going to buy you eternal life. Your money won't do it. No amount of money, no amount of money you give, no amount of money you, you have will do that for you. Hey, church, money's going to fail to hold homes together. Money's going to fail to bring happiness. Money's going to fail to bring eternal safety. Money will fail because money doesn't solve problems. Money doesn't solve problems. God does. You want to solve problems? God did. Not the money. Because it came to a point where money didn't matter. It came to a point money was not an issue. Money will fail. So we see the selling of grain. Look in, in chapter 41 and verse number 57. The Bible says, And all countries came into Egypt to, for Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all the lands. So what happened, what took place, was that all these countries, every country in the world, began to come to Egypt to buy food, to buy corn, to buy from the storehouses. And so what did Joseph do? Joseph provided for them. Joseph never ran out of corn. There was never a time in the Bible where it says that Joseph ran out of corn because Joseph had prepared rightly to divide the corn. So we see, first of all, we see the selling of the grain, but number two, we see the sharing of the grain. The sharing of the grain. Look at chapter number 45, 47, I'm sorry, chapter 47 and verse number 25. This is Jacob's final days, uh, and uh, this is he's talking about. He, he's uh, 
understanding what's going to take place. But Genesis chapter number 47, verse number 25, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass in the increase, or verse 25, I'm reading 24. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in, thy, in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. What took place was Joseph preparing all of this back uh, uh, one fourth of this they saved lives they saved people's lives because of Joseph being prepared because of Joseph uh, doing what was right and in 47 verse number 24 the Bible says and it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh and the fourth and the four parts shall be your own for seed of the field and for your food and for them of your households and for your for food for your little ones. Hey, you've saved our house. Do you know how he did that? He took one fourth. He took twenty percent. Joseph took one twenty percent of all the corn that was planted during the good years and provided for those uh, in the seven famine years. How did he provide? He provided he provided wages. He provided grain. He provided these things for these people. How? Because he had prepared. For this day, he had put back 20%. It was, uh, he had provided wages for those that were there. He was sufficient wealth for the government. I mean, all these things took place because of Joseph's preparation and the sharing of that. Now you say, well, that's a, that's a stiff amount. That's a stiff amount to give, to, to have to give 20%, to have to give that kind of amount. You know, as a Christian, what, what are we supposed to give? We're supposed to give a tenth of what we make. But, you, but I, I, will, I will say this. But if you read Malachi chapter number three, what took place in Joseph's time, Joseph was preparing and Joseph said, hey, bring it in here to the storehouse, bring in so that we can prepare for the seven years. But what did God say? God said, bring ye into the storehouse, What? In Malachi chapter number 3 and verse number 8, he says, uh, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In what? In that verse number 8, in tithes and what? Tithes and offerings. So wherein have I robbed God? Have I robbed God in my tithes? Have I robbed God in my offerings? I, I need to bring back to the storehouse something that God has given me is to give back what God has given me. What has God given me? God's given me money. And God needs, God uh, intends on every Christian to give back, just like right here in the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, as I've heard people say, oh, this tithing thing's an Old Testament thing. And uh, it, it's not, it's not, it's not true in today's time. It is true in today's time because. Tithing was instituted before the law. It was instituted. It was instituted before the law. It was carried on through the law, and it's still carried on in the New Testament. The Bible says uh, in, in Malachi that we ought to give God our tithes. The word tithe means ten percent. That's where you get that that word tithe. But the offerings. What is that offering? Something I give extra. That's above and beyond my tithe. And so as a Christian, should I give more than just my 10%? I think that it is. I think that not only 
We give a tithe, but we ought to give more than just 10%. You say, well, how do I give that? I think there's more than one way. There's a way to give it an offering plate. There's a way for your time. There's a way for your treasure. There's a way for you to spend time and, and invest in your church, invest in the things going on. And it's okay to spend money on things that are going on at church. Why? Because that's a way of us giving back to the church. Give back. You say, well, preacher, you're preaching on tithing. Well, look, this shows us that these people in Egypt were safe and had been provided for because they put back into the storehouse. And God says, bring ye your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Watch in verse number 10. In chapter, Malachi chapter number 3. He said, bring ye all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He said, if you give to God back, uh, you say, well, God's given to me, so I'm going to give back to God. So when I give back to God, God will pour out a blessing upon my house. There's so much I can't even, uh, there's so much, I, I, there won't even be room to receive it. What took place with Joseph in Egypt that there was so, we talked about this last week, that there was so much corn that Joseph couldn't count. There was so much corn that Joseph couldn't count at all. But what took place was they were giving and giving and giving and God gave them back and God provided for Egypt and God provided for Israel and God provided for all these surrounding countries to get food because those people gave the way that they gave extra. They gave extra. They gave extra. They gave extra. How do I? What about my life? I want God to pour out blessings upon my life that I won't even be able to receive it. You want to? Then give to God the way we ought to. Verse number 11, and I'm going to close with this. Verse number 11 of chapter Malachi chapter 3. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall destroy the fruits of your ground. Uh, he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So not only does God promise to pour out his blessings upon us, but God also promises to rebuke the devourer. Who is the devourer? That's Satan. So God promises if we give like we're supposed to, that he'll pour out blessings upon us and then he will rebuke Satan for us. So we see the selling of the grain. We see the sharing of the grain. We see these things take place. How money doesn't buy happiness. Money will not ever buy happiness. But I'm going to tell you, you need money to live. You got to have money to pay rent. But money is not where happiness is found. So I encourage you, Christian. Trust God. Trust God. And in that verse, in Malachi chapter number three, he says, prove me now. You say, I don't know if I can tithe. The Bible says to prove him. Prove God. He'll show you that you can. Well, I think I'm done. Anybody have any thoughts or questions? You can uh, ask a question there if you have a question or a thought. But as we go through this, we're done, and we're going to move forward with Joseph's life. 
Joseph is going to uh, uh, provide for his brothers. His brothers are going to come to town, and they're going to need they're going to need food. And so Joseph provides for them, and we'll talk about that next week. How God works and God moves. Well, if no one has any thoughts or questions, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and close with a word of prayer. But I encourage you, um, Christian. To do what God wants. Follow God's will. Follow the Holy Spirit of God. Follow the leadership of the Lord. And I don't know if I can tithe. I don't know if I can give. Well, follow the Lord. He'll help you. Trust Him. Uh, let's pray. Thank you guys for tuning in. Sorry. Uh, before we pray. Thank you guys for tuning in. Sunday morning. Uh, 10 o'clock we'll have Sunday School Live. And uh, then we'll have the 11 o'clock service. Facebook Live as well. We'll have Drive-In Church. It'll be our last drive-in service. And uh, we'll look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and uh, God has held off the rain the past two weeks. Looking forward to Sunday. And uh, God bless you all. And then Facebook Live on Sunday night as well at 6 o'clock. So uh, we'll see you all then. God bless you guys. And let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for those that listened. Thank you for those that tuned in tonight. I pray that you'll bless. I pray that you'll give them a great night. And I pray that you'll bless their families, bless their homes. Pray for those that ask for prayer requests. Pray for those as well. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.